Can you hear me okay? I can hear you good, Tony. Yeah, okay. So, uh, we're ready to roll. I can tell you and verify for you listeners that there was a very real Ray Robinson. But his biggest legacy lives on. His legend still offers legend trippers, both young and old to this day, a legend. So in that case, perhaps like Mr. Fedor's apparition, and the man in the road, or the or green, green man, 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 the legend, the legend still walks the roads of, of Western Pennsylvania. This podcast is made possible by the Social Voice Project. I'm Kevin Farkas, founder and executive producer. Stick around to the end of the podcast to learn more about the Social Voice Project, an innovative public interest media company specializing in podcasting, oral histories, and live event recording. You are listening to Tony Lavorna's Legends and Lore podcast. Tony Lavorna's Legends and Lore podcast explores the history and tales of ghost stories, mysterious crimes, murders, UFOs, witchcraft, and other occult happenings still thriving in the greater Ohio Valley region of Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Ohio, and beyond. On this episode, we're going to be speaking about ghosts in an apparition. With me today, Mr. Ron Fedor from Jefferson Hills, Pennsylvania. Ron is a professional driver. He is employed by the Port Authority of Allegheny County, and he has an interesting story to tell us today about an apparition. Now, there are differences in the paranormal community between ghosts and apparitions. A ghost is an image or a nebulous image of a dead person that is believed to become manifest Uh, so that the living may see it or view it. An apparition is more ghost-like. It's an image of a person that is something more remarkable. It's usually a ghost or a spirit of a dead individual or a person who has passed. Ron, how are you today, Ron? I'm doing great, Tone. How are you? Great. Thank you, sir. Welcome to the podcast today. Thanks for having me. You betcha. Well, Ron, let's jump into it. Take me back to the day and the date of the occurrence. I believe it was sometime last fall of last year. Please tell our listeners. Yeah, Tony, it was uh, actually back in October, October 25th, around 2 a.m. I'd worked that day, got off, went out to the meadows for a while for a little relaxation, and I was on my way home, and I was traveling down Gilhall Road, and I was approaching Bedell Road. I was really amazed at what I saw. It was like a misty night. But it was warm in October. It was like a warm a night. Warm it October like a fine yeah. rain coming down. Yes, like real misty. Maybe little, a little bit hard to see, but not too much. Light fog, but nothing impairing your vision at all. Okay, okay. So tell me more. Go ahead. Yeah, so I'm driving down the road, and uh, I approached. Uh, it's a dip in the road. Imagine uh, starting on a peak, going down to the bottom, going back up the other side. That's how the road was laid out. Bedell Road is right at the bottom of that, that valley there. And uh, on the double yellow lines, I saw uh, a man dressed in a navy pea coat, dark blue or black, tossel cap, all black, black pants. And uh, he was walking down the middle of the road, and I thought, well, what's this idiot doing? You know what I mean? This is 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm figuring maybe it's a local drunk or something. And as I approach, 
and get closer, he turned back and he uh, kind of looked over his left shoulder at me coming towards him. So you wouldn't really expect this person to be here. Not at all. Uh, for those of you who you know may not be familiar with the topographical aspects of this road, folks, it's pretty dark. It's not well lit. Uh, there's trees that pretty much a forest on both sides of this road. Most definitely, yeah. No street kind lights. Kind of dark, kind of eerie. Something, something probably most of us would feel uncomfortable. Yes, on a misty night. But, but go ahead, Ron. Yeah. I don't so interrupt. anyway, I was approaching the the gentleman, and I I started. There's not much to go. It's an arrow road. It's not much burn, but I'm, I'm, I'm leaning to the right with my vehicle and I approach him. I put my window down and I wanted to look over and say, hey, what are you doing, idiot? And as I looked at the person, a gray, foggy, misty coldness came across my face. Now, let me stop you there, Ron. You said a cold, misty, gray fog. Are, yeah. are you saying as, as you approached this individual who was walking the same direction as you same were traveling? Same direction as I was traveling. So you wind down your window. You look at the gentleman, yes. and I'm sorry, I, I think you said he looked almost like a night watchman. Uh, you're saying yeah, a, maybe a dark a, like offshoreman a, or, you Okay, know, okay, like, like a dark peak. Yeah, coat, yeah, maybe coat. somebody that worked ships, worked the ocean, I don't know. Okay, somebody you certainly wouldn't expect to see in rural Definitely uh, not. South Park, Jefferson Hills right. area on your way home. So as you pull alongside of this, this entity, you wind slowly down your window and in rushes this cold mist cold mist like a grayness like a and how'd that make you feel uh terrified i didn't know what i just experienced right and uh and and as i passed i looked in my mirror nobody was there nothing at all the nothing the, at the, all the image the had vanished it had vanished but it, then it got real interesting after that please go on okay. tell us more <laughs> so after that i traveled about i'm gonna say 50 yards the interior of the car got cold like the air conditioner was on but it was not on. It was a it was a nice October night, but I didn't have the AC on. And then I started to feel the sensations. Back of my arms, across the back of my shoulders, top of my head was like a buzzing, like a pins and needles, like your leg fell asleep or something. Okay. And it, like you're losing uh, circulation, yes, perhaps. And it was intense. Tony, I, I I was intense. I never experienced this. And I am uh, a skeptic. You know, I've okay, heard many right. ghost stories. I grew up with lots of legends of Green Man, all this stuff. Sure. But I was overwhelmed. I didn't know what was going on. And it didn't just happen for a minute. It continued. As I drove now, on. this feeling continued, you're saying, as you as you drove on to, to your destination yes, all the way home. Yes. And I actually, I went down the road and I had to make a right turn on Ridge Road. And it just kept getting more intense. I actually started rubbing my hands on the backs of my arms, top of my head, trying to get this feeling to stop. I really didn't understand what was going on with me. It was interesting to me. You mentioned just briefly there that uh, this took place uh, on Adele uh, Road. Adele, Adele. Adele Road. Yeah. Um, this is in close proximity or, or, or roughly uh, close proximity then to the uh, Green Man's Tunnel. Yeah, less than a mile. Okay. Now, for those of you who may not be familiar uh, with that legend, uh, the Green Man is probably one of the oldest and probably an epitome or the best example we have of a local legend here in Pennsylvania. Myself being the author of Haunted Roads of Western Pennsylvania, along with Professor Thomas White, have actually dedicated a chapter in the book uh, to the legend of the Green Man, uh, who was also known prior as Charlie No-Face. Uh, this individual actually was a very real, very living person. Uh, his name was Ray Robinson. 
but I, I don't wish to digress too much. Please go ahead and continue, Ron, with, with sure. your story. Sure. As I continue, I have to mention uh, Bedell Road and Gill Hall Road about oh maybe a half a mile back in an old cemetery. Uh, it, it was called the James Chapel Cemetery. And there's headstones in there dating in the 1800s, way back, 1805. There's some that are uh, unidentifiable. And uh, I was thinking about that cemetery as I was driving, and this feeling was getting more intense in my body. I really didn't know what was going on. So I continued down Ridge Road. As I got to the end of Ridge Road, there was a stop sign, and I stopped completely at that stop sign. And as my car came to a complete stop, in a snap tone, the sensation disappeared. I mean, immediately disappeared. Hmm. You know, I, I mentioned this, this story to my wife as soon as I got home. And she said I kind of looked strange. But she said her, her, her view on the whole story was uh, you were, he was probably trying to possess you. And maybe he felt that this body wasn't any good for me. You were too strong. I thought maybe I just gave him a ride. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure. I'm sure. In many ways, you you. It sounds like you have. Um, people will often uh, report sometimes after they have encountered. I'm going to just use the word apparition in a very broad, very general sense. They do experience uh, physical sensations, uh, much as you described. Uh, sometimes uh, people will describe it as a, a mere daydream or a feeling of being disconnected. Uh, other times uh, they describe it more vividly as almost being like a bolt of lightning or fear go through them. Yeah. And uh, there's a physical, uh, very physical response to these, uh, these characteristics. Yes. Um, now, I would like to also ask you, if I may, you said uh, that you were familiar because you lived in this area. You were native to the area. You had one time relayed to me that uh, as a boy, you sometimes would go to these cemeteries. Yes. Um, and uh, yes, tell us a little bit about as, that. I'm, as a I'm just of curious. Fact, that's, the cemetery came to mind. Uh, junior high school, it was history of Pennsylvania, PA history. And uh, me and a couple of friends decided, I know what we're going to do. We're going to blow this teacher's mind. We're going to go up to the cemetery the James Chapel Cemetery, and we're going to do some headstone rubbings, if you know what that is. Yes. And, uh, uh, for those of you who may not be in the know, obviously a, a tombstone rubbing, uh, you're taking a piece of paper. Uh, using uh, like a charcoal. Charcoal. Mm -hmm. Yes. And doing kind of a and, scratch image of those images that are that are on the tombstone right, itself. And right. you're going to superimpose it then onto, onto the, the paper. Onto the paper, yes. Mm -hmm. And it was the dates, and it was just, and, you know, the history of the green man. And like I said, I grew up with Legend of Seven Foot Charlie. Oh, please tell us more about and Seven legends, Foot Charlie. And, you know, at first, I have to say, the height wasn't there. But when I first saw the guy on the road, the first thing that came to my head was, oh, my God, Seven Foot Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't Seven Foot Charlie. But, um, yeah, we grew up in Peters Creek area, and it was called Decker Plan Large Patch. And um, there was a legend of Seven Foot Charlie that uh, they said haunt night fishermen. We did a lot of night fishing. And um, it seemed like when there was a foggy night, there was a big government stockpile. Uh, like a surplus, you're surplus, saying a like weapon. For, like uh, oars no. and stuff like that that okay. they needed. Sure. So they removed all this stuff and it created some nice ponds. We fished out of them and uh, one night we were fishing there and it was real foggy. The fog rolled in just like you were watching Chiller Theater. The fog rolled across the lake and uh, it was four of us. We had a fire and we know, I mean, there was four of us. We all looked at each other and said, we know we see head and shoulders coming through that fog. We were like, it's seven foot Charlie. And we bailed. <laughs> we were out of there. And, and this legend, it, it carried on. Like I said, it's not so much families living down in this area anymore. It's all businesses. But that legend 
was for years of seven foot charlie and i try to do history on it i can't really find anything i don't know where it actually came from they said it was from a house that burned down and uh the guy burned up in the house but all i know is it was a creepy thing and uh this area is like i said it's the, the green man the seven foot charlie the cemetery and something that goes way back there's probably i don't know if it's in record books or anything but on snowden road which is right before bedell where i experienced this at the bottom of the hill the tunnel is now actually closed off it used to be a road to go down to connect to piney fork well they closed that off for auto traffic but at the end of that on the same side of the tunnel was a house and it was the voodoo lady and uh it this was, keeps getting better and yes. better, listeners. We now have a blue man <laughs> in the middle of the road, an apparition. Uh, we've gone through a cemetery, and now Ron's going to bring us the, the voodoo, voodoo lady. lady. Well, the please, voodoo lady, uh, she was a very irritable old lady, and uh, there was a lot of, if you know, people know about voodoo dolls, and and um, we would ride our motorcycles down through there because it was a way to the Snowden Trails. Well, she didn't like it, and then she one day, she's, oh, she's going to put a curse on us. You know, we are going to pay. After that day, when we went by her house, somebody's bike would always break. A chain would break. You'd run out of fuel, get a flat tire. We quit going that way. And she would hang dolls in the window with pins in them. And she would color them because we all wore motocross equipment. I wore blue. Someone wore red. She would color the dolls as the color of what we were wearing and have the pins in them hanging in her window. And after a couple times of a flat tire, a broken chain, and, and, a, and a running out of fuel, we decided, we think the voodoo lady's got our number. We're not going to go that way no more. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I, I've been trying for years. I've been with my wife for over 23 years, and I've been trying for years to just drive her down to show her the voodoo lady's house, and she refuses to go. <laughs> Smart woman yeah, you married there. Smart woman you married. Maybe I can talk to my producer, and uh, perhaps we can get you a phone number for a good shaman or a shaman <laughs> or, or a medicine man in order to, to uh, help take care of this voodoo lady. Yes. Well, as Ron mentioned, um, again, the Green Man was one of the um, most prominent legends most in, prominent, in that yes. area. I could give you a little introduction to that as well, as I'm sure Ron probably knows this. There's probably been no one or no other road related to ghosts or mysteries that have proven consistently longer than that of the Green Man legend. It has been scaring teenagers and legend trippers alike since probably the early 1950s. The apparition of, uh, of Green Man has been seen in many locations from Allegheny County to as far as uh, Youngstown, Ohio. But who's this mysterious figure, right? Legends say he was a man or a boy struck by lightning, that it did not kill him but just simply disfigure him. Another possible scenario that was brought forth was that of a utility worker that was injured in some type of electrical accident. Now, still others would maintain that the green man was created when a man fell into a vat of chemical that left him scarred <laughs> and gave him this airy green yes. tint of the skin. Does any of this sound familiar, yes, it Ron? Does. It sounds uh, very familiar. I'm sure it probably does. Uh, regardless of the effect, the legend trippers or you know, people who, who often go to the site to see the green man, people alike believe that the individual somehow did not survive the tragedy that befell them. And what they are seeing is an apparition or a ghost. And some feel that he survived for a while while walking desolate, lonely roads. Now, I don't know if I want to give a definition to a desolate, lonely road, but I'm sure Ron would probably concur yes. that, that uh, Padel is, is pretty close to, it is. 
yeah, that description. Yeah, that, that whole area over there. So the man, he died and his soul, you know, would still walk these roads conducting in death what he could no longer do in life. It seems to have no boundaries or regions, this legend. And it dates back to the 1970s. Uh, he was reported to be seen on different roads as well. Hogback Run Road out in uh, Mercer County. Uh, and he's been seen a little further south, reported all the way to the Newcastle area. So he's been said to wander the roads in a wide area, also known between the uh, state routes of 224 and Route 422, uh, which some people uh, have uh, amusingly called Zombie Land now. Or Zombie Lane, yeah. Or yes. Zombie Lane. And even uh, before that, he's been uh, seen, or the apparition, apparition, I should say, has been seen in uh, uh, as far west as Youngstown, Ohio. Now, for many years, he was seen in off of uh, Shades of Death Road, which is out in Washington County. But I will state this, folks. By far, the home of the Green Man probably is allegedly Allegheny County South Park. If you go there, any person or resident will tell you on Piney Fork Road, which kind of wraps around down a bend to Snowden Road, you will find two tunnels that lie there, one beneath the railroad tracks, and that is Green Man's Tunnel. Uh, the other is called Corvette Tunnel, but we'll leave that for another episode. Yeah, someday. that could be another day, Corvette there Tunnel. There we go. Um, now this, this location even shows up on Google maps. So I guess you could say once you've made Google maps, you, you've become quite well known, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, what people often do or the young people or people of all ages, in fact, will sometimes take what we call a legend trip and they'll go there and perform an, uh, some type of ritual or activity in order to try to elicit some counteraction or some reaction from the supernatural uh, sometimes it's something as simple as parking their car and hitting the horn three times or flashing their lights uh, i believe the ritual for the green man's tunnel you're supposed to actually call out his name three times on a dark rainy night uh, this is down towards um the tunnel that's associated with the green man um, there are other tunnels that sometimes become a part of the legend. Curry Hollow Road is one. Uh, as I said, you know, you have Corvette Tunnel. Uh, the one over in Curry Hollow Road is known as Bleeding Tunnel, but we'll save that for another day. But the legend about the Green Man has been, as I said, consistent for years, and it meets kind of all the criteria that we usually speak about when we're talking about a legend. It has defined a legend's life cycle. It endures why because it is different okay how is it different first of all it endures because this legend is true there was really a green man and his name was ray robinson he was born in beaver county born two days before halloween in 1910. he spent his early years in the Morado section of beaver falls his father died when he was just seven years of age. Let me take you back to a warm summer day in June 1919. Ray Robinson and some friends were playing. They were going to go out that day for some fun. Now, the boys were going to go swimming. They stopped at a bridge and there was a challenge that was issued to Ray by one of the other children. They asked Ray 
to shimmy up a pool that was on the side of the road. But this was no ordinary light pool. In fact, what it was, in fact, part of a cantonary line for the trolley system that ran through the small area. As Ray made his way up the pool, he accidentally came in contact with the overhead lines. I don't think I need to tell you, but I will. The damage that the man suffered was extensive. His nose was burnt off, his eye sockets gone, his left arm below the elbow taken. He should have died with that much volts and electricity, but he did not. Now his family moves to Koppel, and Ray takes hikes behind his home. There was a mining company that was close to where he lived in Koppel during World War II. Now, understand this. Ray, because of his disfigurement, was pretty much inhibited of, from going out during the day because of his disfigurement. So the men tried to walk the roads at night, usually after 10 o'clock in the evening, so no one would see his disconfiguration. As Ray grew older into an adult man, he would often walk these roads at night, often in green hat, in a green coat. Some believe that it would be the car's headlights of the young teenagers who would come to visit Ray. Some would cruelly make fun of his disfigurations, while others would often bring the man cigarettes or chewing gum or beer to sit down and talk. Now, this legend grew over time, and with teenagers at that time, freedom and riding a car was everything, and being able to take a legend trip was really important. So people would come around, and from all around. In fact, some of these kids would come as far, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, from St. Louis, Chicago, everywhere. On Friday nights, you would see dozens of cars. Everybody would come to see this man that they called Charlie No-Face. Now, over time, you can imagine different things Charlie would encounter. As I said, some come to offer friendship while others come to simply beat him up or taunt him. Some believed that the color of his skin was due to the amount of electricity and burns that he received. But all would come to talk and Charlie never turned anyone away. He was a very good man. As time went on, people believed a little bit more in etiquette. They in still the come. Yep. They still they come, Tone. They still come. I see them all the time. They still come, Ron. They do. They still and come. Instead of calling him Charlie No-Face, the legend went on, and they began to call him the Green Man. Now, again, we don't know if that was because of the reflective color of his coats and hat, but that's how the legend grew. I wasn't able, even in my book, uh, along with Tom White, uh, Haunted Roads of Western Pennsylvania, we were never able to collaborate some of the stories of the supposed electrical worker that was hurt or the mythos of a man falling into a vat of chemicals. But I can tell you and verify for you listeners that there was a very real Ray Robinson. Now, Ray left us. He passed away back in 1985. But his biggest legacy lives on. 
His legend still offers legend trippers, both young and old to this day, a legend. So in that case, perhaps like Mr. Fedor's apparition, and the man in the road, or the green man, the legend still walks the roads of Western Pennsylvania. Thanks for listening to Tony Lavorna's Legends and Lore. Thank you, Ron Fedor, for Thanks being for a guest me, today. Thanks for having me, Kevin. I appreciate it. You bet. I had to get that story out there somewhere, right? Well, that's a great story, and we thank you for being here. If you like what you've heard, be sure to like, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast app. of the Social Voice Project. This is Kevin Farkas here again. You've just heard a podcast produced by the Social Voice Project. We specialize in podcasting and other creative media partnerships with community-oriented organizations and individuals. We are dedicated to promoting a wide range of nonprofits, community and cultural projects, public history initiatives, the performing arts, and tourism. To learn more about us, visit thesocialvoiceproject.org.